Hello and welcome to Happy Mum. So I am one really happy mum this week. I've got two days, no, one more day left at work, then one more day of planning. And then I'm off for a child-free weekend, two full days in a hotel. I'm off to a festival. I'm going to drink far too many cocktails and I'm not going to worry about the hangover because I get to wake up in a hotel bed and there's not going to be a child in sight. I'm going to have room service. I'm going to lie around until 12 o'clock. I'm going to eat what I want without anyone distracting me or having to argue with my children to have one more bite. And I am so excited and so desperate for this break because I'm feeling exhausted, drained. And this end of term, last few weeks with rundown children who really need the summer holidays is getting to me. On top of that, I've bought this stupid 12-foot pool, which my husband was very, very dead against. And now it is toxic waste green. I've got no idea how to deal with it. We've actually got top tadpoles in it, which I've been trying to clear. I've got to empty it out. I'm probably going to have to remortgage my house this year because I don't know how to manage the chemicals and I don't know how to keep the levels right. And with the cost of water, this is just... Yeah, it's a really ridiculous purchase. So if anyone can help me, I am willing to pay. I need to know some sort of brief rundown of how you keep a pool clean because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And my Audi chemicals that I've bought have very, very shit instructions. So yeah, please send in your help, send in your tips. How are you coping? Good news, I've just bought a new cover because the one that, they supplied isn't working so let's hope that that's going to be work in the next run of filling up a 12-foot pool anyway let's get on to what I was going to talk about and it was I was going to talk about perfectionism and actually one of the things that we will get on to is ways we can delegate and someone cutting my grass is an essential for my husband because he doesn't want to do it just like I don't want to have a I don't want to clean we have a cleaner because we both decided that we'd earn more money working in that time than we would paying for a cleaner. So for us, it's a no-brainer. So today we're going to be talking about perfectionism. I just saw an amazing post by a therapist who I follow, and she said, being a therapist doesn't mean I'm the perfect parent. Now, I would say my whole ethos is about perfectionism being a myth and I really believe that like us trying to be perfect is just a curse that we're going to pass on to our children because if we've got to be perfect then they've got to be perfect because they learn from us and no one wants to be perfect because it's impossible you cannot be perfect so you will always be striving and you're always failing and I work with lots of clients who are stuck in that perfectionist trap and it's just been something that it's like a socially acceptable mental health issue I think I'm a perfectionist. That's just how I've always been. But what they don't realise till they become a mum is when you've been a perfectionist at work, it's manageable. It's hard. Like, it's not great for your self-esteem. It's not great for your work-life balance. But it's manageable. But when you try and be a perfectionist when you're a mum, that's when we see real problems. Because, number one, kids... Then they don't fit in a box. So it doesn't matter how much you read, it doesn't matter how much you research, there's not a one size fits all. So you can't, you're not going to find like the equation that meets your child. The next thing is that 
children are unpredictable. So you could plan something, you plan this perfect day. I think one of the examples I keep seeing is about the perfect holiday and not comparing yourself to the influencer holiday. I actually travel with my kids all the time, always have, take them everywhere. I went to Vietnam before with my daughter before she was two. I've been to the Maldives. I've, I've been everywhere with my kids. One of the things that you have to accept is that it doesn't look perfect and I don't look at the people who are doing it on social media and think oh that's what my holiday is going to look like I look at them and think I'll be back yeah so generationally we have parents have completely different expectations to the ones that we put on ourselves now and I'm not saying everyone but I do think that there was much of the like keeping up with the Joneses thing when when I grew up, you know, having a nice car, having a nice house, parents staying together, those, you know, being more concerned about what your life looked like than what it actually was like. And I think it's really normal to have that pressure from your own parents. Like my mum has said a few times, like I could keep up with my washing. Right. I feel like it's a really common thing that we can't keep up with our washing. I'm looking at my washing right now, but it's really hard to keep up with our washing. Like, yeah, I could, I could keep up with my washing, but then there were lots of other things that we have to, I'd have to sacrifice. My washing isn't my number one priority. Like now I could be putting up, putting away the washing or I could be recording the podcast. And actually for me, it's much more important to record the podcast and have my own business and um, do things that are going to be beneficial for my future, like putting the washing away. No, my kids aren't going to grow up and say, oh, I'm so pleased that my mum put the washing away. I'm so pleased that the house was always impeccably clean. I'm so pleased that we always had fresh food. But uh, I was born in the 80s. 90s mums definitely weren't cooking fresh food all the time. It was convenience with everything. We loved a chicken Kiev. But those things like being able to have a tidy house, not having too much mess. My mum always had our toys away. She says we never played with toys. I'm sure that they were just away, put up high. Really, now there is so much pressure to play with your children. And that wasn't such a thing. Like If you um, look at the five to five, Google the five to five, I can't remember what it is. But... If you have a look at the five to five, like play, connection, all those things are so important and they take a lot of time. I was talking earlier on my life about having time to cook. My son needs attention from me all the time. And one of the things that's really nice for him to do is help me cook. It's not easy to help me cook. It's very stressful if he help me cook. It takes so much longer. But if I just said no go away I'm doing it I could get the same job done in 10 minutes and with him would take probably 20-25 minutes the same as if he wants to help me get the washing in that takes so much longer waiting for him to pass me a peg but when I've got my kids around they want my attention and sometimes it's easier to say no just go on your iPad I need to get on I've got so much done that's not what the perfect mum does the perfect mum never ever needs a device she doesn't need screens she can get on and it's just unrealistic because your level of stress is so high your nervous system is just constantly in fight or flight because you can't you don't have a minute to regulate if you have kids on you all the time and I'm so pleased that there is like the rise of like the scummy mummies and Carmen there's another amazing mum I watch and she does memes about school whatsapps and having too much stuff to organize and where we're meant to where's the village that's going to come and help us these amazing 
influencers who really help us to feel normal. But unless you show interest in those accounts, they won't be sent to you and you won't realise them. You won't. It's very easy to forget that actually everyone is cleaning their kitchen multiple times a day. My husband literally says said to me the other day, whenever I'm at home, all I do is clean the kitchen. And I was like, have you not seen that meme? That's all you do when you're a parent is clean the kitchen. Even if you have takeaway, you still have to clean the kitchen. Even if you're just making breakfast, you still have to clean the kitchen. And if you're happy to spend all day cleaning and you love cleaning, then yeah, you will have the perfect home. But other than that, it's really, it's one of those impossible tasks. And no one is posting a picture. Well, some people post their messy kitchen. Oh my God, I posted a video the other day of my messy garden. It's had, it had like 25,000 views on TikTok. People like to see the mess because it's normal. And I'll be emptying my green pool later on when we're done here. So I just think that one of the, if you want to have those honest conversations and you want to break that perfectionist cycle trap, you have to be honest and you've got to share your bad bits. Because the problem is that when we hide our bad bits, people think, oh no, she's got it, her shit together. She's not the perfect person to share with, so I won't. So I'll hide my bad bits and I'll only put my best foot forward. I remember very early on after having my daughter saying to a friend that like I was finding it hard with my um, husband. And I remember her looking at me in complete confusion. And then I was still quite closed off then, so that was quite a difficult thing to say. And then like 30 seconds later, she was like, things are so bad with me and my husband. It's like, oh, now it's just a normal conversation that we we have. We just sort of accept that things are bad. There are things we can do about it if we share it. There are so many good count, accounts to follow that help with the relationships after kids just type in hashtag relationships after kids and you'll find different accounts that are really helpful there's so many tools to help with that but I think that's another thing that people think everyone else has got that perfect family and it's just mine is an absolute shit show do you know who I think is the perfect family Peter Crouch and Abby Clancy they have this podcast called the therapy crouch at couch and I'm a crouch therapy crouch I'm obsessed with this podcast I just think Abby's the most beautiful person in the world and Pete's just really, really funny. Not that beautiful, to be honest. But they've got four kids. They both seem to have these amazing lives. She's just become a Victoria's Secret model at 38. I really had this image in my head that they seem to be doing everything. The way she talks on it, it's like they're doing everything. And then I was talking to a friend last week and she said, oh, I saw Abby Clancy with her nanny and her um, little girl at Penny Hill Park. Penny Hill Park's like a fancy spa hotel near us. I was like, oh my God, she took a nanny to a hotel. Of course she did. That's how she's got four kids and she's got her shit together. And she goes on these nice trips with Pete and their relationship's so good because they have help. And we all need help. Like, if you can afford help, get help. I'm not saying you have to get a nanny, but like I have a cleaner or I know people who've got an iron or they have a babysitter who comes around after school because their kids don't want to go to after school club. Or there's nur- obviously nursery is a help. When I first put my son into nursery, he was six months old, seven months old. And I went back to work two mornings a week. I was earning less money doing the two mornings than I was paying for nursery, but I just needed a break. And... For me, going to work is a break. I love my job. So I wasn't doing therapy then. I was working. What was I doing? I was doing some summer work with um, teenagers um, who came from troubled backgrounds. Amazing job. So much fun. 
And then I went back and then I was so much more present because actually being at home for all that time, seven days a week with my kids doing mum stuff, that fries my brain. I can't, I can't be that on for seven days a week. It's just too much for me. And some mums, some mums really like being at home with their kids. I don't know that many of them. I don't think, uh, I feel like it, a lot of it is guilt that I should be at home with them. And I think I would say my first maternity leave, I absolutely loved it and I didn't want to go back to work. But now that I love my job and I love that those adult interactions, I really, I miss it. I'm really fortunate I do something I love and I don't want to be 24-7 changing nappies, juggling schedules, going to Tesco's, going to baby groups, that like arguing about snacks. That to me is fine, but it's not fine all day, every day. It's overwhelming. There was a survey just done that said taking um, care of children is, no, it's two and a half times a full-time job. So it found out that mothers spend on average 98 hours a week on parent-related tasks. So that's 14 hours a day, seven days a week. Like the average mother's to-do list consists of 26 tasks and includes uh, organising snacks, making breakfast, remembering key appointments, remembering to get a card for the teacher, which I need to do. And then on top of it, I've got two dogs, so it's also remembering all those dog-related appointments. I really need to put my puppy in to get done soon. I'm going to put that on my to-do list. Oh, my God, I need to pay nursery. I'll do that when I finish as well. And this is the thing. My brain runs. One of the things that stresses me out is when you hear, my husband doesn't do it. He he would have done before we went to therapy, but I don't think he would now because he knows if he said he didn't have anything to do, I'd give him something to do. But it's when a man says, oh, my friend's husband said the other day, I'm not working and Grace is at nursery, so I didn't have anything to do, so I went to play golf. And I was like, what? You have nothing to do. You have There is nothing in the world you have to do. I dream of a day when I have nothing to do. I don't really, I'm the kind of person who would fill my time. That, there is never a minute in my day where I don't have anything to do. So I think what I really like about my job is I go to work and when I'm with my clients, I don't have my to-do list on my mind. I'm solely with them. My heart, my mind is focused on one thing and that's when I really thrive. That's when I really like light up because I can just do one thing. It's the same if I'm with my kids, we're not in the house, we're outside. Like, say my son really likes to go to the beach and just throw stones. If we're just sitting on the beach, having an ice cream, he's throwing stones, I'm doing one thing, that's brilliant. But when I'm in my house, and there's always a million things to do. There's always mess everywhere. My brain doesn't switch off. And so that's why it's really important to have that mix of different things to do. I think perfectionism is going to make you feel guilty doing anything other than being a mum and maybe going for work to work. If you need to go to work, I know a lot of people would say, would feel like they do need to go to work. But all the other stuff that fills up your cup can feel like, unnecessary selfish and it's just absolutely ridiculous because us as mums we like phones if you think about your phone when it's like on red with 12% left and then it dies and then you decide you charge it but you don't have time to fully charge it you just charge it 
to get up to that 12% again. And then you take it off because you need to use it to order the Tesco shop. And then just as it dies again, you plug it in for 12%. But then you take it off because you need to answer a school email. And then you just about, you charge it again to get to 12%. And then you take it off because you need to Google something about sleep or pet or um, boundaries or how to manage tantrums. The list is just so endless and our battery just isn't ever fully charged. And it's so important to make sure that we do things to fully charge our battery. And I love doing things that charge my battery. Going to therapy really charges my battery. I don't go to therapy at the moment, but I do do a bit of coaching and that really charges my battery. I had a something called a soul reading the other day and it was just this lovely thing which was talking about my human design and astrology which I didn't know anything about but just really understanding myself I mean it's obviously my passion like understanding people's psychology um human behavior is my passion and learning more about me which made me in the end learn more about my son and my daughter and my husband and I just came away feeling so excited about life and it that's what we need we do things for our kids to make them feel excited about life but actually when we're excited about life they're really simple beings they're excited about life I saw a mum the other day on Instagram I know if you're listening Faye you're amazing and she was talking about how her daughter didn't want to move walk home from school in the rain so she just made walking home from school in the rain really fun like that is so easy to do with kids you can make anything fun but you've got to be in the right headspace yourself to be able to be that fun mum and when you're trying to be perfect and you're putting pressure on yourself all the time you can't be that fun mum because that fun mum has let her kids watch a bit of tv this morning so she can put her phone properly on charge she hasn't just put her battery on charge for five minutes and then been able to deal with the potential meltdown of the rain and the after school tiredness and it nearly being the end of term we i, I can only ever be that parent who solves problems when I'm charged. So things that can help for you to feel like you don't need to be the perfect mum. I know it's an obvious one, but sharing the load with your partner and having difficult conversations. Now, as someone who has been to couples therapy, that's not the easiest thing to do. I have tried to have those difficult conversations with my husband And I don't know if he was emotionally in the right place to have them until we had therapy. And your partner might be, he might not be like mine, but for me, I don't think we would have ever got past it if we didn't get another person coming in and helping him to understand where his defenses came from and where his, what would I say? Maybe old fashioned views. I think that a bit like the older generation, he was raised in a house where mum did everything and she didn't expect her boys to do anything. And it's very hard, even if you say that you believe in equality, when you have had that as your blueprint, you fall into those situations. And he could not understand how much I had to do. And I think having those conversations about how unpaid work is still work is a really good start because all being mummies, it's just unpaid work. It's a, it's a job where you've got no holidays, no lunch break, no weekends, but it's a job. Like I said, it's 98 hours work a week. 
but there's no way we can't see that as a job. And it, they say we have more cortisol in our brain and a full day. I think it's something like, what was it? It was like 90% more cortisol I read in our brain, which is the stress hormone in while you're spending a day being a mum than you do have in any paid job because the, your, your stress hormone is so high. Well, okay, I'm going to go to the toilet. The baby starts screaming, spike. I'm going to go to sleep. The baby starts screaming, spike. I'm going to go to put the washing out. My son climbs on top of the island, spike. I'm going to go to the toilet again. Let's just go to the toilet again. One of the kids gets a, pours a drink over the floor. Like, I'm going to walk out the door and someone needs the toilet just as I'm late for school, spike. It's constant, constant. We're in stress, we're in stress, we're in fight or flight. And you're not, it doesn't feel like that. I mean, I don't know what your job is, but it definitely doesn't feel like that in my job. My job feels pretty, when I'm at work, I'm level. And then as soon as they come in, because I've had the day, I can handle the spikes. I can handle the shouting. Not every day, I definitely can't handle it every day. I can't normally handle it if it's at night time because I like my sleep. Um, the other thing that can really help is outsourcing. Like I said, I've got a cleaner. What can you get other people to help you with? What's really on your plate? I follow this girl called Francesca Amber and she is a cleaner twice a week. Obviously she's quite wealthy. And the cleaner puts her washing away. My God, that, I've actually got that on my vision board as a dream, but I'm gonna have someone eventually who puts my washing away. That's where I am. The other thing that I heard someone do the other day, you know, when you go back from holiday in a suitcase, like well, you've got two weeks, say, of clothes that need washing, taking your clothes to the laundrette, it's not even that expensive. It's like 30 pound for a bag of washing. They wash it and they fold it. So things like that, if you can afford that, because otherwise it takes me about three weeks to get over a holiday. That's one of the worst parts of it. But there will be other things that you can outsource. I generally don't want to outsource and have more childcare. I want to do things that mean I get to spend more time with my children. So it's things that mean I have more time with my children. If it's, I don't know, you wash your own car, go and get your car washed. If it's, oh God, I can't think of anything. People need to send me examples of things they outsource or things they know that you could outsource cleaning, get someone to clean your oven. I need to do that. I definitely need to do that. If it's you trying to do DIY, get someone to come in and paint. If you can afford it and it's going to reduce the stress and make you feel like you're thriving rather than just surviving, do it. Also, talking to friends, be really honest. I know that it's not always comfortable to tell people how you're feeling, but nothing amazing happens in your comfort zone. So if you are feeling like you're you're a terrible parent because you shouted at your kids this morning, tell someone. Like shame grows in like a Petri dish if you keep it to yourself. If you tell your friend, my friend said it the other day, she said she shouted at a little boy because he, he threw a train at, his, at her other little boy. It was bad. I was like, no surprise. And then I could tell she felt guilty because she said to me, I know it's normal, like his hitting and stuff, it's normal age appropriate. I said, just because it's normal and age appropriate doesn't mean it's not stressful. And that was her guilt coming out. And we could have that conversation. And I hope she went away feeling a little less guilty. I don't know. But for me, it definitely works. If I tell someone that I lost my temper, that really helps. The other thing I would say was, if you do lose your temper, it's fine. 
I mean, obviously there are levels, but the most important thing is repair. Your kids do not have to think you're perfect. You don't want them to think you're perfect. You want them to think you're human and you have all the emotions so that they're allowed to have all the emotions. We don't want our kids to be robots who only show us happy and sad and they are allowed to lose their temper. We're allowed to lose their temper, but always, always, repair it because that's the thing I think that was missing in our generation parents didn't repair and I think that's such a huge part of why people struggle now that parents never told them it had nothing to do with you why I was in a bad mood last night the reason I was in a bad mood was and just say it in an age-appropriate way like don't say something really oversharey if you want to know what oversharey is I'll talk about that another time but it's okay to just say I was in a bad mood me and daddy had an argument and I was feeling a bit angry and then I just didn't have the patience when you lost your temper. It's really nice for them to hear it. The problem with the kids is kids, all they want is for people to love them. So their heart, their sole focus is to do things to make people love them. If they feel like you're sad, that will mean you're sad because of something that they have done. They won't see you're sad because you had an argument with dad. It will just be an all, they don't know if they have, especially if they haven't heard it. You're sad, something they've done. So it's really important to make sure that they don't feel like they're responsible for your moods or that that really can bring out the people pleasing in children and help force them to become people pleasing adults so just apologize if you want them to have a secure attachment with you the most important thing is to have really good rupture and repair to help them feel safe to help them feel like they're consistently loved it's not baby wearing or contact naps or breastfeeding they don't create they're not the things that create a good attachment a good attachment is about feeling attuned feeling loved feeling seen feeling heard and just understanding what's going on around them and not feeling like it's their fault anyway we're going into attachment styles and that's why i'm not what i'm talking about i will do further on because that's my thing but what i will say is me and my husband have learned to have those difficult conversations they are so uncomfortable at first I never had an uncomfortable conversation before I started on my self-development journey. I would do anything on this earth to avoid an uncomfortable conversation. And that was me feeling insecure. Now I'm confident in who I am. So having that conversation is worth everything. I can't tell you how many people I hear split up because they didn't want to talk. That's the main reason I think that people split up. Why is someone cheating? Because there's something going on that he isn't talking about. Why are people not getting on? Because they're not sharing how they feel. They're not talking, really talking, having those conversations, which probably will end up in an argument, but then coming back when you've had that argument, the rupture and the repair is just as important in your relationship as it is with your kids. And really there are things that have come out of us doing that. I notice now when my husband's getting overwhelmed, I didn't notice that before I got pissed off of it. But now I'm very aware of things that we learned when we were together in therapy about him that I didn't know. There were certain things that he's very triggered by small things. He's a fantastic at managing big things, but small things really trigger him. And actually what that relates to is there was a lot of chaos in his childhood. So he expected big things to happen and they were fine. But the small things that they completely throw him off kilter. So coming in and the kitchen is a complete mess when he's already exhausted and stressed about something that's happened at work can be too much. And now he will sometimes come in and just say, please for five minutes, I'm just too overwhelmed. I just need to get away or I'm gonna go and walk the dogs. 
and I can do the same. I really need to go and walk the dogs. I don't get as overwhelmed because I'm much better at doing the things in advance because I'm much further along in my journey. He has actually just started working out. I bought him classes for Father's Day. Much is discussed, but he's actually, I'm telling you, I've been with him 11 years. He's finally starting to do a few things that are a little bit self-carey. Generally, he's, I mean, before we went to therapy, it was like I wasn't even allowed to talk about anything. He'd be like, stop trying to counsel me. Now we've been to therapy. One of the things my therapist said was, why do you say that? Because that's not what she's doing. Thank you, Kerry. You are an angel. And the irony is he didn't want to leave therapy. I think if I said, should we go back now? He'd be really excited because he just really, he loved learning about himself. Oh my God, it's not me. It's her. That's the reason he's starting to do things. He's got crystal in his car. He has a stress crystal that I bought him that when he's really stressed at work, he holds onto his crystal when he's on the phone. If you met my husband, you'd really laugh. But anyone who does know him would really laugh about this because he's a proper geezer who likes to drink pints and go and like gamble, just do geezery things. But he does have a sensitive side and he does want to be a good dad. That's all he really cares about. There's nothing else that really matters. That's why my kids prefer him to me. All right, anyway, now I'm going to stop rambling. But you can, you, if you sit down, child-free, don't try and do this while your kids are there. You need to sit down. I know, it's much, obviously it's much better to go out and do it away from the house. But if you can even just put the kids to bed and have dinner at the table I think that's so important to like sit down have a glass of wine always have a glass of wine if you drink it relaxes you everyone is less on edge when you've had a glass of wine Uh, and I'm not a big drinker but I do love a glass of wine and a margarita and sometimes I'm a big drinker I'm going to a festival this week and I'm going to have so many picantes I can't even wait so yeah I'm off because I've got to get organised because I'm having a child free weekend I've got a client in a minute in 10 minutes I've got a child free weekend I'm going to London for the weekend my kids are going to my mum's and I'm going to do all the things that recharge my battery and yeah so try and think my um, my bit of homework for you no I'm not a therapist who gives homework but I'll always give you a little tip try and think of a way to carve out a little bit of time for you my friend said to me earlier I don't leave my husband with my child because there isn't any need to and I said there's always a need the reason you've just told me that you're feeling overwhelmed and the kids are like life's feeling really hard right now is because you're not having any minutes to yourself so even if that is going for a walk for half an hour going getting your nails done going to Tesco's on your own going food shopping on your own is such a luxury when you normally have to take kids go shopping there are always things that you can do on your own even just going out and having a phone call I'll never do that I hate talking on the phone going for a coffee find some time this weekend to rebuild your energy levels to fill up your cup to help you feel like a happy mum because 48 hours of parenting is really really overwhelming and both you if you've got a partner and your partner would love half an hour to yourself so if you aren't already doing it have a chat tonight when the kids are bed about how you can get your half an hour hour two hours i oh going to the gym why did i not say going to the gym go to a workout class there's always so many saturday workout classes park run go and find something for you and if you are interested in joining the new happy mum course which starts in september the waitlist is now open so join that now and anyone on the waitlist will get 20 percent off uh, i also have 
two spaces at the moment for private therapy so if you're also interested in finding out more about therapy click the link in the show notes and there'll be information on my website about working with me and booking a free consultation see you next week